Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 47. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a business while traveling full-time. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Nathan and Marissa from Less Junk, More Journey. Nathan, Marissa, and their daughter Hinsley have been RVing around the country for the past year and recently upgraded to a pretty awesome Airstream. I say that about pretty much every Airstream I see, but it really is cool. In addition to building up an insanely popular YouTube channel with over 40,000 subscribers and nearly 6 million views, Marissa is a nurse. Nathan has dabbled in many different ventures, including rental properties, uh, had his own computer repair shop. And a few of the things that we talk about on this episode is how Nathan and Marissa, in less than a year, built this massive and hyper-engaged audience on YouTube. The importance of optimizing SEO for your videos, keywords, and specific phrases that you should use if you're vlogging, why everyone should start a YouTube channel to document their travels, the keys to running an engaged vlog, uh, how to use story flow and personality, and when and how to monetize your YouTube channel. And before we get into today's show, I just want to thank you guys for listening and supporting the RV Entrepreneur Podcast because as of yesterday, it was our one-year anniversary of recording this show, or my one-year anniversary of recording this show. Anyway, it sounds kind of weird to say it like that, but it's been a year of releasing the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, and I just want to thank you guys for listening, supporting this community, emailing me, tweeting at me, encouraging me uh, to go past the 50-episode mark, which was the original goal of this podcast. It's kind of an experiment, push off 50 episodes, see how I like podcasting, made sure the content was valuable to you guys, the community, made sure that I didn't run out of people running businesses from their RV to interview, because <laughs> that was something I was honestly pretty worried about in the beginning, how many people are actually out there running a business from their RV, but I keep meeting more and more people, so as long as there's people to interview, I will keep making this podcast. So, all right, let's get into today's show with Nathan and Marissa from Less Junk, More Journey. Thank you guys for being on the show. Yeah, glad to be Thanks here. Thanks for having us. Hopefully I didn't batch that up too much. <laughs> kind of the summary no, no, no. of what you guys I appreciate have... you rounding up for us. <laughs> yeah. I could also it's say not... that you guys have been pushing like, insane linked vlogs and uh, RV videos like five to seven days a week, which is more than a full-time job. That's, you guys are basically a media company right now on the road. It's uh yeah, there's smoke coming out of my camera's ears some days, but no, it's, it's not. It's not that. <laughs> I mean, the first, the first question I have for you guys and, and a lot of this, it's fun when I have somebody like you guys, like we really want to be doing more, YouTubing. And so I get a lot of personal gain out of having somebody like you guys on the podcast because it's selfish. I can just ask things that I'm super interested in. And my first question is after, you know, I've seen a lot of y'all's videos already before, but today I really dove into a bunch of them and just getting ready for this. And the first thing that came to mind was how, you know, it's just like, how, how have you guys been able to produce so much content over the past year? Uh, you've been RVing for a little over a year now. So that's just my first question is how? <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of it's a rhythm and consistency. And, um, you know, I try with the videos, for instance, my routine, I try to at least get through the first cut the day I get done with it. And then, because most of our work, we have a two-year-old, so a lot of our work has to take place while she's sleeping. That's like our prime. Like, our, you know, as soon as she's in bed, we're rushing around, figuring <laughs> out what we can work on pretty much. So, um, you know, I, I, I edit at night and then I get up in the morning before she gets up and then edit another couple hours. I mean, it's probably three to five hours of editing a day. And it's, 
yeah, it's not easy, but it's just consistently, consistently doing that. Um, I don't know if that's much of a tip with consistency, but, um, and I mean, we film our life. So, I mean, we've always got something to say or something new we're doing. It might not always be super interesting, but we learn something new every day. And I think that's, what's so awesome about this lifestyle is you're just constantly learning from each other and, um, more about this lifestyle every day. So I think that makes it easy too, when you just, you're just filming your life, what you're learning. And, and we were talking about this before we jumped on vlogging is it's so, it's such a fascinating thing because I've watched a bunch of y'all's videos. We've never talked before up until today. And you get on, you know, the video Skype chat and I'm like, Oh, it's just Nathan and Marissa. I've, you know, I, see them, <laughs> I see them all the time. It's no big deal, but we just met. <laughs> it's just this weird thing that happens now. So, uh, Nathan, you went from no video production to producing a ton of these videos each week. What kind of transition did you go through? I mean, when you guys decided that you were going to hit the road, y'all just made this decision to dive in and start documenting the journey. And I know a lot of people are glad that you did, but I mean, it had to been intimidating. You didn't really know much about video. Were you, <laughs> were you like sitting home watching Casey Neistat just thinking like, this looks pretty sweet. I think I'm going to do this. That's pretty close. No, I, 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 well, I mean, a, a lot of, I mean, there's not that much that's really new out there. And so you kind of look and find, you know, what's, fits your style or what, you know, really catches your interest. And I mean, so I, I looked at travel vloggers, um, and tried to figure out which ones I thought did a good job of capturing a story. And that's a big part of what we do. It's more than just, you know, throwing up a video. It's, I try to look for a story for the day or a story for what we're doing. And, um, it's still a learning process for sure. And, uh, I'm not very good at creating something from nothing, but I do at least know what looks good and what doesn't. I don't know if that's a skill <laughs> or not. <laughs> Same way with design or anything, you know, I, I can't match my clothes out of nowhere, but if I see a mannequin <laughs> wearing something, I'm like, okay, I know that looks good. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's the same way with video. I think a lot of it, you know, just looking for, you know, just trying to learn on the go as you go and try to tweak things. And, and Marissa, you were, you were totally down for this whole, I'm, we're going to film almost every day of our lives. <laughs> definitely. I don't, we've talked about this. I don't even know how this really completely got started. We kind of just started for our family and to document for our child. And so we thought this would be a great way to like journal our adventure. And then she would always have these. And then we kind of noticed that other people kind of liked what we were doing too and found it interesting. And so we thought, well, if it's helpful to others, then why not, if we're living this life anyway, why not film it and let others enjoy it as well? So that's kind of how I got started. And then we kind of fell in love with it after that, but we did not see it actually turning into anything when we started. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't our plan to hit the road and start a YouTube channel. I mean, we had other sources of income we were relying on and then we just sort of gradually phased those out as YouTube has grown. And we, we constantly asked the question, what's the worst that could happen? And I think with the video thing, it was like, well, the worst that could happen is we have some cool videos of our family that we get to keep forever. And, you know, so if, if nothing else, even if it's just our family and our friends looking at it, um, that's kind of the upside of it, you know, when you make videos. Yeah. I mean that, like you said, the downside is that you guys have the most epic video album of Hensley growing up and y'all's <laughs> yeah. adventures on the road. And that's a pretty awesome downside. And the upside is that you guys can monetize through ads. You can work with brands and you can do a lot of other things. And I'm assuming that that has probably already started to happen quite a bit because you guys are been blowing it up for so long. It has. Um, we, but we did not turn on the ad revenue for the first six months. I wanted to make sure that I just didn't want people to feel like, hey, you know, this video's got 100 views, you know, and I'm already <laughs> making you watch 15 seconds of, you know, an ad. So we waited a while to turn on the ads. I'm going to get my nickel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost not, it's not worth it at the beginning anyway. So 
we, we waited six months to even turn that on. And, and yeah, we've started trying to figure out it's, it's tough with sponsors. I mean, you, you, we want to work with sponsors, but we want to make sure it's a natural flow to what we're already doing. We don't want to just grab any offer that's thrown in front of us. And, uh, and, and that goes along with the message of our channel too. I mean, we don't want it to be less junk, more, you know, more sponsorships, more advertising. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we try to be careful and make sure it fits our brand. And, um, that's, that's tricky to do. I think I've heard you talk about that before too, that, you know, when do I say yes? When do I say no? How do I balance that out? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes easier said than done. I was talking with this John and Peter from the RV Geeks because they, you know, they've been doing their channel for a while too. And they have these videos with tons and tons of views. And I'm sure a lot of companies would love for them to do demo videos just like you guys, but up to a certain point, it just doesn't make sense. We were talking, I was also talking to our friends, Case and Madison. They just got, or they're about to finish up doing all 59 national parks and they're working with Chacos and they have this small little Toyota, Toyota 1984 motorhome. And a lot of companies want to send them shirts and all this other stuff. And they're like, we literally have nowhere to put this stuff. Even if we wanted to take <laughs> yeah. it, we have nowhere to, to yeah. put any of these things. Oh, yeah. That's very so, true. It makes it tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so the theme of y'all's, channel like what are you guys thinking about as you're creating these videos if you had a mission for the types of content that you guys are pushing out like i'm sure like what is a centralized theme if you had to say this is what our channel is about is it less junk more journeys it just that uh it is and i mean and right now that message is centered around rving but we we want our audience also to just think about you know you don't have to sell your house and move into an rv to go with you know, for what we're aiming for. If that means, I mean, it could mean nothing more than downsizing your car, downsizing your house. Um, if, if, you know, if, if a dream is for just the mom to be able to stay home with the kids. I mean, if, if, you know, you can do something to reach whatever it means to you to have more journey in your life. That might mean just having your weekends to go do something as a family. Um, and, and right now that fits in with RVing, but you know, long-term it, it could fit in with anything we've, and we love the theme of this because if you downsize your life, it opens up more than RVing if you want to one day, you know, overseas travel, uh, being on a boat or uh, just hopping around the country, backpacking different places. It's it's so awesome to think about, you know, all the opportunities you have if you don't have all the stuff, you know, bogging you down. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest thing that this lifestyle has given you guys just as people or a family? Freedom. It's just that's been the biggest thing is we were going our separate ways and not getting the only time we got to spend time together as a family was at night after long hours. Um, I mean, as a nurse, I don't sun up to sundown. It's 12 hour shift. So it's like, I didn't get to spend that time with my family that I had wanted. And so when Nathan approached me with this idea, he's like, you know, if we downsized, if we got rid of all this, got out of debt, we could, we could actually spend more time as a family and you wouldn't have to be there full time. And then we thought, well, if we're going to do it, might as well put our home on wheels and travel. I mean, why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it's just opened up so much freedom and flexibility and more living really. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great way to live this way. I'm always interested to hear how that conversation goes down between one spouse <laughs> and the other spouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, Hey babe. So 
What do you think about buying an RV? And I was talking to you, a guy that we, we had, uh, I had breakfast recently with a guy named Paul who's traveling around with his wife in the Airstream. They're doing a tech tour. Um, he's a VC from San Francisco and he took his wife up randomly. It was around Christmas time and he was just going to take her RV shopping. They've never been RV shopping together and they walk in and look at this Airstream and he's really pitching it hard. And then she noticed at one point that she looks over and that it was recently sold and it had his last name on it. Oh, no. And uh, it was like, bold move, man. So anyway, how did that, how did that go down with you guys? And what was, what was the, the inciting incident for you guys? It actually worked out perfect. Usually you hear stories of like one wants to and the other one didn't and there was some convincing or we hear that a lot actually from our audience. But for us, it was it was pretty perfect. I mean, I was still on maternity leave, so I would have I was having to go back to work. I probably would have taken any suggestion he threw out there for me <laughs> not to have to leave our daughter. I timed it perfectly. I've been thinking about this for about two years. Yeah. <laughs> Salesman. So, it was, it was perfect. It was like, we both love travel. We both love having less stuff so we can do more. So it was just actually the perfect storm. Well, and our daughter triggered, you know, so much of it. We, you know, we, we had, and we shared some of this on our channel. We had a hard time getting pregnant with her and uh, we, we didn't know if we'd be able to have another child or not. And so we wanted to make sure we spent just every waking moment we could with her. And that, that was our journey. I mean, for everybody, it looks a little bit different, but that was a big part of our motivation to say, okay, how can we spend more time with her? You know, we got all these empty bedrooms, all this stuff all around our house that we're not using. Let's substitute that for time with our daughter. And so that was, you know, that was an easy sell for her. And it was definitely where I was at, too. We both just couldn't believe we'd never thought of this earlier. That's Actually, was the kind thing. Of We're like, why yeah. did this never cross our yeah. mind? Yeah, it, may, it makes a lot of practical sense on many levels, you know, to be able to go out and do this. When you guys are out traveling and seeing different places, how are y'all balancing the time with Hensley and each other and capturing video? Because I'm sure over time you can kind of template out or kind of know or kind of formulate in your head what videos are going to go where and how they're going to look and what shots you want to get but I know I've struggled just as we're trying to get started shooting more video that I feel like oh gosh do I enjoy my day or do I or enjoy this little trip or this hike or do I um, you know I don't want to be shoving a camera in my friend's face so how do you how do you balance that because I've struggled with that just getting started I'm sure you learned have learned a lot in the past year on how to not be invasive and how to still enjoy these moments and capture them if that makes sense yeah yeah um, I know I mean we're, we're with a you know some of our friends right now and I think we always we have the conversation, you know, we're just honest with people when we travel with people, we have the conversation of, Hey, are you, are you okay with this? Uh, you know, are you not? And I know, cause we know if sometimes it's easy to just get caught up in what you're doing and put the camera right in their face and that kind of thing. And um, it's but, like, Hey, I've been so, filming you for 30 minutes. Forgot to yeah, tell you yeah, the super like, personal conversation happening right now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, th- th- when it, with other people, that's kind of how it goes with that. And I, it is. It's tough, I think, especially with other people to have that balance of how much. And sometimes people want to be filmed more because you can help. You know, sometimes they have their own YouTube channel, their own blog, and they want to be promoted as well. So it's a win. It's a win-win in that case. But, yeah, it's it's really tough to have that clear separation of work and play when you're doing this kind of thing. Uh, I think we, we're just honest with each other about where we feel and where we're at. And if we get to a point that we're like, you know what, we just we need a trip or we need some time or we don't. Lug around. I don't know if you know what our camera setup is like. We just lug around this massive camera setup. <laughs> yeah. What you camera know? is it again? Uh, it's a it's a Canon 70D. Okay. It's got the it's got the big the big microphone on top of, it, and it's got the mouse for on the microphone. So it's it's fluffy and it's got yeah, the big yeah. long. 
yeah, whatever, tripod. I call it another member of our family because we (laughs) take that with us everywhere and it's always in my lap in the car. I'm like, this thing is like, (laughs) it's our family member. (laughs) So, so we, sometimes we just, we're just honest with each other. So, you know, we need a break. And so we'll either, you know, pump out two videos in one day or we'll, you know, we do have some Q and A's and stuff we do where we have a little bit of a break. And so, you know, we just try to be honest and uh, balance that out. Because you do need that flexibility because it's a blurry line of like you saying of working and play your life is your job if that makes sense so it's it's hard to have that break and we do we just sometimes have to be like i don't feel like doing this today let's take Mm -hmm. a break and that's really helped us yeah i I know that you stepped away marissa from from nursing after maternity leave and nathan that you had kind of had someone replace you in your previous business which was computer repairs right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so were you guys working outside of doing YouTube videos this first year on the road? Yeah. Marissa didn't totally step away from nursing. She stepped out. She was full time and she stepped down to part time as needed basis. And so, you know, our entire family is in one tiny little spot. So, you know, within like a 10 mile radius, pretty much is 95 percent of our family on both sides. So when we go back in that area I mean, she loves nursing. She does. She loves what she does. And so we're back in town every few months. You know, she'll put in some hours when she can. And uh, even with what I do, you know, I didn't totally step away. Uh, I, I did some web design on the side as well. So I still kept a lot of my clients. I just haven't had time to take on more clients. So basically, instead of taking on more clients, um, I took that time that would have went into those clients and started putting that into YouTube and just made that transition with my time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Is I mean, I, I didn't really have anything. I was just listening to that for a minute. Okay, let me find another question. <laughs> Well, because I think it's scary. We definitely did not come into this saying, hey, let's hit the road and, and make a living with YouTube. I mean, I think that's even, even knowing what I know now. It's I'm kind like, of a crapshoot, right? Like even if you're yeah. really good at it, it's it's hard. Yeah. It just takes time. It does. It's so much time. Um, we felt like we worked really hard and built an audience in a year. And I, I mean, I just I, unless you have a previous audience, I would see that being very difficult, like to do it in six months unless you, I don't know, have a talking bear or something crazy with you. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something, but I mean, it's, uh, we're just not unique enough to build that in six months. I mean, it, it takes a while. It's a lot of work. Yeah. My, my friend David, who I have interviewed on the podcast, he watches like every RV, uh, vlog and I haven't watched a ton. I'm like you, I listen to a lot of podcasts as I drive. I watch Gary V every now and then I watch Casey Neistat. I don't watch a lot of travel related vlogs. Um, and I do sometimes not, but not a ton. And David, he was, I, gosh, why am I struggling to talk right now? Um, (laughs) Anyway, it's late. Uh, Yeah, I (laughs) know. And David, David was basically saying like, have you seen less junk, more journey? He's like, they they just came out of nowhere and they're making all these awesome videos. And so I think it's just like, consistently showing up and there's a lot of external factors. Like I'm sure that like you guys have said, there's a crazy work ethic there. I mean, is there an idea looking forward in the next year, like a breakdown of work that you guys are going to be spending on YouTube versus other work? Do you, or, or right now, do you kind of know what that looks like? Um, well, I think with any YouTube channel or social media outlet, um, really it shouldn't be the product if possible as you go down the road. I mean, it should be pointing to a product. And so we don't really, right now, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, but right now we are the product. I mean, we, we make the videos, we do the editing, um, everything relies on us. And that, that's a little scary to us. Um, so really somewhere down the road, we know that we need to come up with whether it's, you know, courses or, you know, well, you do have a product, find the right RV.com yeah, shout I, out. 
yeah, I put that, yeah, I put, I put that out, and, it, and it's good, and I think there's definitely a need for that, and I was just kind of testing the waters with that, and I think that maybe one route we go is creating courses, because we have such a good um, a good pulse, I guess, on on what people starting with RVing w- would really need, and I think that's an advantage. Because we uh, with, started from nowhere. Mm-hmm, we had never yeah. even camped before, so the thought of being like, let's live in an RV, it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's, well, so we did. We started from from nowhere and have kind of worked our way in the dark and we're like, what if there was something for people who want to do this, but they don't know where to start. So we've got lots of ideas to maybe help that process be a little bit easier for people. Yeah. There's an, yeah. an advantage to being naive, believe it or not. Sometimes yeah, if you know we're too like, much, we're going to tell you what not uh, to do. Yeah, Some of your best teachers are <laughs> ones that start from, you know, nothing. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if it's going to look like that or what, but I know sometime in the next year we're hoping to develop, some sort of product we can push traffic to. Um, if that no, that's, is yeah, that no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's, that's what I was asking too. And I mean, that is, that's kind of the dream I see that you guys are talking about passive income versus job income on the road. And it's like, since we started traveling, it's been like one step, sto- one stepping stone to the next where at first I basically had one client, which was a 40 hour week job. You could just say it was remote. And then it transitioned into doing more client video production work. And then now it's transitioned to where we're still doing some of that, but we're also doing some sponsorship type stuff. And that's, you know, ultimately it's like I could make potential living from podcasting and doing more creative work, which is kind of the dream, like to be able to just create really cool content while you're out traveling. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's kind of what it would look like for you guys too in an yeah. ideal world. Yeah. I don't think we'd ever, I, we don't want to give this up, whatever we do. I mean, that's not the goal <laughs> at all. <laughs> and we love what we do, but at the same time, you know, if your entire, you know, if your income is based on YouTube's algorithm, I mean, it's kind of scary or Google or anything like that. Um, you definitely want to diversify some from that if you can. Yeah. How much time goes into planning each of y'all's vlogs? Um, like on the front end? Not not a whole lot, believe it or not. I mean, especially when we're traveling. Um, when we're a little more stationary, I think there's more planning that goes into it because you have to have, you know, again, I look for a story or a flow or a theme. But if we're going to a national park or somewhere really interesting, um, we know that it's the theme is going to base around that place most likely. Um, and so I think you know, not a whole lot of planning, you know, if it's just a, uh, is that kind of, you think, yeah, you know, so, I mean, a lot of times though, we just try to think about what we learned for the day. Yeah, that's kind yeah, of that's, what we say every day is like, what did we learn today? And mm-hmm. that's what we talk about. Because like I was saying earlier, I mean, we're learning all the time and something new happens every day. So, um, that's kind of what we base our our theme around most of the time. Yeah, sometimes the theme or the video develops as time goes along. I mean, we, we go to a place like we went to Rocky Mountain National Park and the theme one day was just, it was insanely, we did not imagine how busy, it was like Disney there. I mean, we had to drive our car to the bus, ride the bus to the trail. It was like an <laughs> over an hour before we got to the trail. Wow. And so, you know, that's one of the things we learned was, hey, just because it's during the week and just because you think kids are out of school, which they weren't out of school, I mean, the end result was a conga line, you know, down the trails of Rocky Mountain National. <laughs> that was not what we were going for. So we shared that was the theme for the day. It was, hey, it's insanely busy. Don't do what we're doing. I've heard so many people say that Rocky Mountain National Park is so much like Disney World. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's yeah, it it's is. it's beautiful, but man, it's yeah. Um, and I don't know what they could do about it. Everybody's just rushing out there. So, um, was was there any super helpful resources for you guys when you first got started on learning just how to shoot and edit video? Was there any you know, people that you looked into on YouTube or books that you read? Uh, I don't 
think so. One, one advantage I did have was because I'd done web design was on the SEO side of it, I think is critical if you're going to start a YouTube channel, um, knowing what you want your keywords to be, um, what you're focusing on. You don't want to try to rank for the word RV. You want to have a longer phrase than that you want to rank for. So I think, I mean, the editing side of it and the flow, it's, it's tough. It's tough to teach that. I think you have to have a feel for, okay, I think about right now my audience attention. I may be, I've been, I've been blabbing a little bit too long. It's time to do, you know, <laughs> something with some quicker cuts and some music. I think you just kind of get the feel for that over time. But but the other side, the technical side of it's important too as far as getting things to rank, especially in the beginning. Was there a point after you guys started pushing videos for so many months where some of the views and subscribers started to snowball a little bit? Because what I've seen in some other channels is that people, they search the terms to find you and then they stick around for the story. They stick mm-hmm. around because they like you guys and y'all are mm-hmm. funny and engaging and cool and Hensley's cute. And, <laughs> but they but they find you because, like you said, they're searching particular terms. But was there a certain point where you guys just started seeing a snowball effect or was it just continuous cranking out, hustling week to week? to to build the content and get the views i think we did start to see a snowball effect when we started being really consistent with our videos and we we upped the number too we went from three i think at one point we got behind on our videos um and then we went from three to seven and we did that for you know when you do seven videos a week i mean it we don't always do seven a week. It's usually when we get behind or something like that. And that's, we did seven a week for maybe like a month straight or something. And, uh, we really saw that effect because like you're saying, you're building a relationship. And so if you're putting out a video every day, they're constantly coming back and connecting with you. Um, and that's why, especially on YouTube, when you have a relational channel, like we're trying to have uh, more than a how to channel, it's, it's important. Quantity does matter quite a bit. I think for that. It's, would you guys say, I, I watched the video that you guys put out on just starting a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and you said it's totally fine to be able to start a YouTube channel and just make it for friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys would say there's a lot of value, and even if you're not trying to potentially make an income or do anything like that, like what are some of the inherent values that you can get from starting a YouTube channel, even if you're not trying to monetize it? I mean, just making an impact. That was kind of our whole our whole plan was we just wanted to be helpful and we wanted to be inspirational. And that's what kind of keeps us going because you do get, you do get a lot of negative sometimes when you're opening people up to your life and the more people that are watching, the more opinions you get and that can get tough sometimes. So I think, I think that is our, our end game. Our goal is like, we just kind of stick to, that we, we want to be that because that's what got us started. We Mm -hmm. saw a video on the internet and that's what Nathan approached me with was this video he found. And that video impacted us to the point where we're here and then we're impacting people. So then we think, wow, if we could be that video that inspired us to other people, then if one person sees it, it's totally worth our time because then they're living their dream because of that. Yeah, that was pretty much my pitch to her was, was I just showed her that video. I mean, so it's it was, a great video. Yeah, was, tomorrow's somewhere new, right? On yeah, Vimeo, I don't even know yeah. who these people yeah. are. Like, are they it, still out? It's linked up on y'all's Why We RV page, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. So we can link up to that in the show notes. It's a sweet video. It's really cool. It it's really well I done. I want to meet these people. Where are they? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's where we got brainwashed on the Airstream, too. I think that in Airstream. Yeah, right? they make yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> they make it look really good. Yeah. yeah. No, vlogging is something that it terrifies me, guys. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> It's so silly. It's just a camera, but it's one of those things where it's I'm hiding behind a podcast mic or a blog, but you know, there's there's trolls out there. There's I don't know. I don't know why. It's dumb. We've done 
Fox and Friends morning show, which doesn't scare me because if nobody tweets at me after, it's like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It's like to, to live TV, it doesn't matter how many people are watching. I don't know. YouTube just seems like a totally different terrain. Was there any fear that you guys had before y'all started vlogging just in general around pushing content out there? And part of it maybe for us is because you know, we did we went out and did Hourly America and Alyssa's filming and she knew zero about filming and neither did I. We just picked up this camera because our sponsor company had sent it to us and we learned how to shoot video. And then I feel like after a certain period of time, because we said we were shooting a documentary that we should be these really legit filmmakers. And I didn't feel like that. And we still haven't really learned a ton. We're still, I would still consider super amateur. So I don't know. That was, I guess, part of the fears for me. But did you guys have any of these when first getting started? If you only knew where we have come from, like, I'm going to be completely honest. I was this weird on Facebook. I didn't even like liking anything because I didn't want my name to show up on people. Yes. So So you were Ron Swanson for. So the the thought of us, like, putting our life online was extremely scary. I mean, for me, and and Nathan's the same way. We're pretty introverted, actually. So it still blows my mind that we decided to do this and that we're actually getting pretty comfortable with the camera um, because it was that bad. It was that bad. <laughs> so you were just, you're worried that someone's going to see your name. And yes. Think, I didn't even want to, <laughs> that I was like pushing myself on them or something. Like I was putting, trying, I didn't yeah. want my name, like, like I was trying to put my name out there. So yeah. And now it's like, we put it out there all the time. And I think you just get a thick skin about it. And you're like, if people want to watch it, they can watch it. If they don't, they don't have to. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just imagine Marissa sitting at her computer back in like 2011. <laughs> somebody posts a Facebook status. That's like, if you don't like this, you hate the world and all puppies and all things that are, you know what I mean? Those like copy and paste. Yeah, stats. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to like it, but I don't, I love puppies. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it went actually. <laughs> what about you nathan did you have any uh reservations for getting started or not really uh luckily i was pretty naive as far as the youtube world i think that actually helped i think if i'd known um some of the backlash you can possibly get you know um you know not not that it's bad i mean you can get you know 99 positive comments and you get that one negative and it's that's what sticks with you but i i just um i think that's when i'm talking to the camera i just view it like i'm talking to a person and i think that kind of helps you know taking the fear away. If I really sat there and thought about who was behind the camera, you know, I'd probably just sit there and freeze the whole time. But we honestly just try not to think about it. We just talk like we're talking to a friend. And He obviously has not watched any of our early videos. Oh, no, I, I have. I have. We don't point people in that direction. No, I'm just saying, yeah. like, we are scared puppies in our videos. <laughs> we are so boring and scared. I think that's the best thing to do because when I, before I started this podcast, I listened to a guy named Pat Flynn, who's a uh, podcaster. And before I started this, I'd listen to all his shows and, it'll, you know, it's really refined tuned and he's got this professional guy that does his intro for him. And so to make myself feel better, when I first started, I went back and listened to his first episode. He's, he's kind of stuttering. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, when we started vlogging this year, I did the same exact thing to y'all's YouTube channel. So I went oh. back and like watched y'all's first videos. Um, and, and they were, they were still really, they were really good still. And, and but it just, it helps in the internet. There's that blueprint of like where people have come from. And it's like, I have an old WordPress blog out there. It's like words with Heath.com and I'm talking, I'm misspelling words. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's helpful and embarrassing all in one. <laughs> Marissa's wanting to start blogging more. I may send her to some of your old blogs. Maybe we can, uh... oh, gosh. 
<laughs> yeah, Alyssa is a much better writer than me, and she's she's published really good stories like the time I accidentally locked her in our RV shower for thirty minutes, and the first campground we stayed at where I tried to swat at a spider, and then little the little blinds like shot up, and we had both just got out of the shower, so like our neighbors are you know we're happily anyway. There's some fun stuff on there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I asked our Facebook group some questions that uh, they would like to ask you guys, and so this should be fun. We're gonna dive in and ask a couple of these questions from our Facebook group. Liz just said, can I have your autograph? I don't think that's possible over a podcast, but uh, Liz Wilcox, shout out. Um, you know, Nathan Mercer heard you and maybe they'll send you an autograph. I don't know. Awesome. Um, uh, Tammy said, I love these guys. I'm so looking forward to this episode. Uh, to Nathan and Mercer, how much of your day do you spend filming? How much time editing? I'm amazed you're able to publish videos pretty much every day. Please keep it up. We've kind of already answered this, but is there just a generic, if you had to average it out daily amount of time that you guys spend editing videos? Yeah, three to five hours. If it's um, the hardest ones, believe it or not, are the ones where we're moving around like a, you know, for a national park or a location, those take a lot longer to edit because I don't know what's going to look good. So I film pretty much everything. There's not <laughs> a quick way to edit down like four hours of video. So I mean, that, that takes a while. Um, the quick ones, interviews and tours and stuff like that aren't quite as bad. I mean, have you learned more about what to shoot and how to shoot less throughout the day? Or is that something you're still uh, kind of figuring out? I'd say some. Yeah, I've learned the angles. Um, and I, I've gotten good in my head. I already sort of know after we talk, I'm like, okay, it's time for a cut with some music and quick cuts. And then I'll shoot, you know, maybe five, six different angles and then go right back to we'll talk about something, explain. So yeah, there's some balance. It's tough, though, too, because we've got, you know, if it was just me, it'd be easier. But sometimes I'm trying to get my daughter, you know, to do something or she's she does something really cool. And I'm trying to, you know, get the right angle. And I mean, it's it's hard when you're shooting more than just yourself, I think, and that, that's where a lot of the video comes from, too, sometimes. And then sometimes we'll have two cameras, yeah, and we've yeah. got double. Yeah, I've had five different sources before, you know, like my iPhone, the 7D, wow. G7X, the drone, and, I mean, the GoPro. GoPro. I mean, so, I mean, that, that takes a while, too, and you got all those sources in one day sometimes. What would you what would you guys say is the key to a, an engaging vlog? We call it vlog because we do blogs, too, and so we just get into these, like, heated <laughs> arguments. Were you talking about the blog or the vlog? So we just decided <laughs> to call them vlogs. That's good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to an engaging vlog, let's see. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, – yeah, I think a lot of it's flow. first story. I think you want to have some sort of story if you can, some sort of a theme that either you predetermined or it just happens to come. Sometimes I'm sitting there editing and I just notice a, a story I didn't notice was there, and I'll cut the vlog based the vlog uh, based on that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Um, so story's a big deal. I think flow's a big deal. Um, and realizing that you know if you've got a really engaging story that you're telling, you can maybe talk for a while. But otherwise, just for one person to do the talking head thing for like you know four or five minutes straight, I think is tough. I think uh, you know so you've got to sort of at least do different angles and different cuts and things like that. Um, I guess it's maybe a couple of tips as far as keeping it engaging and yeah. being yourself. Yeah, being yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And do you guys kind of buffer in extra travel time when you're, you know, out there, you know, hooking up the Airstream and things like that to get the cool shots when you're driving away? So obviously you kind of just built in time <laughs> to not have to be in a rush, right? We, we try. Yeah. And some days, some days it just, the time just isn't there and it's just a really crammed, busy day. And I mean, sometimes there's, there's times where I've thought about getting the drone out. I try to get the drone out and something, the wind's too strong or something's wrong. And so I waste all that time <laughs> prepping the drones. There's a lot of shots that don't make the cut, um, too, but, um, I wish I could say we've had our day a little bit more, but sometimes the days are just a little bit busier. I get, yeah. And I, yeah, when we hike, I probably hike the trail almost twice, twice sometimes. <laughs> really? Wow. Cause all those shots where you're watching her, you know, and Hensley coming toward me. I mean, I've hiked ahead on that trail or I've hiked up on a, hiked up on a boulder or, 
it's probably hilarious to have somebody walking around filming us filming sometimes. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm sure people would want to know, what kind of drone do you have? Uh, it's because I seem to crash them quite a bit. I, I went with the DJI Standard 3. I think it's only like 400 bucks now. But if you're going to put it really? on video on YouTube, yeah, it's on YouTube we only upload at 1080p. So, I mean, to get a $400 drone that does what the DJI does, I think for, as a starter drone, I think it's a really good drone to have. It's, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. We're gonna upgrade to the DJI Mavic Mavic Pro at some point, um, but it's like a thousand bucks, and that makes me a little more nervous when I'm flying it. <laughs> you need to have some good experience. Have you ever watched the YouTube? This is total side tangent. Have you ever watched the YouTube <laughs> videos where they're like drone racing through like dilapidated oh, buildings yes. and stuff? Yes. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Dwayne Mang- Mangum asked, "I love their well." He said, "I love their channel. They put out videos so fast." In all caps, I'd like to know how Marissa keeps up with their nursing certifications on the road. Isn't there a lot of continuing ed she has to do? Can that be done online, or does she just pick up an RV spot next to a conference every now and then? Uh, it can be done multiple ways. Actually, you you can do it on the road. I, like Nathan was saying, I still, um, when we travel back to our hometown to visit family, I'll pick up some shifts and I'll do my education at the hospital there. So that is what I have done. But you can, um, I've talked to a lot of people researching because if, if I ever do stop that, then uh, you can do those all from online. And I've heard it's actually pretty simple to do, but you can do conferences and stuff, but I would probably just do it online. So they give you lots of options because their nurses travel and take time off and it works. Gotcha. And so that was something that you guys had brought up a minute ago and that y'all talked about. So the past year, you guys have kind of went out on the road for, I'm guess, months at a time and then bounce back home to be around family, maybe take some work, do some shifts. And we've done something similar where you know, most of the year, spring, late spring, summer, early fall, we're out traveling, seeing the country. And then like, we've come back to Texas because we can have really low cost of living. And we usually pick up additional client projects when we're in town, just because we know people. Has it been something similar for you guys? Or is it mostly just being around family or? I think it's similar. I think there's, you know, we, we like to be back, um, you know, like Thanksgiving or Christmas, kind of that one year span. Yeah. And then, um, it's, and you know, there's weddings and other things going on sometimes too. And it just varies with your travel, you know, where your family's at. Some people have family spread all over the country. And so it would be, a look, it would look different for them. Uh, but for us, yeah, that kind of that home base almost, you know, is, is worked for us good. Luckily it's in Tennessee and not like, you know, Maine or <laughs> tip of Florida or, um, that would, that would definitely make it harder to do that. Make it harder to swing. Yeah. Through. We're going to swing by the keys, you know, and see the family, <laughs> 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 which would be nice. Like it's a family. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, there's also this perception of people who are out there RVing and they hit the road and they're just like gone. They don't see anyone forever. And you know, we've spent, we've seen our family a lot. Sometimes they've met up with us. Sometimes we come back home. And I think for some people financially, it's kind of cool to know that there's also that option where you can go stay somewhere for a certain period of time, save some money, not spend as much and, you know, pick up some extra gigs and stuff. So that's cool. What part of Tennessee are you guys from? Uh, It's an hour and a half east of Nashville. It's called Cookville. So it's kind of in the mountains. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a it's it's about an hour and a half east of the the Smoky Mountains. So, Nashville and Knoxville, so it's and Chattanooga, so it's a really good area because we got all three cities. But yeah, we love Nashville. We keep meeting more and more people like that be, have become our friends in around Nashville and Tennessee. It's a amazing area. Anyway, um, <clears throat> moving on for the questions, uh, Krista asks, Krista Boink asks, where do all the boots get stored? 
<laughs> she heard me talking about oh, this. Actually, yeah. we met them at the rally at the full time families rally, and we had a boot conversation where Nathan was talking about how my boots take up boots. all the room in the <laughs> like airstream. Boots or? No. Uh, the, Every uh, kind of boot. I have rain boots. I have UGG <laughs> boots. I have snow boots. Which is fine if you're in a motorhome, but when you're in the Airstream, I mean. There are a lot of different terrains when you're on the road, oh. and I like boots. <laughs> But they're pretty large. I have large feet is what they were making fun of. That's hard to, yeah. You can't put little, you know, if I had little tiny feet, I could fit them all over the place. But Well, and some of these go up to her knee. I mean, like the rain boots are these giant red boots that go up to her knees. And uh, I think she's, the rain boots are stored underneath one of the armrests in the couch, I guess. So we lose that entire storage <laughs> compartment. And the other ones are just in random places. We've tucked them all over the RV, I think. So. It's like a scavenger hunt. Yeah, man. yeah. So if I want to get rid of them, it would take me forever. <laughs> at, at some point, there is going to be a battle where it's like you're trying to upgrade or get a new drone or some video equipment, and there you're going to have to fight for space. It's going to have to be between the video equipment and the business. That's, that's a good way to boots. do it. I need to. <laughs> that's going to be a good vlog. <laughs> Uh, so Roger Kimmick wanted to know their process uh, and reason for changes from fifth wheel to class A to Airstream. I know they've talked about it through some of their video, but it'd be cool to hear how it's summed up. How do they like the Airstream now? Uh, we like it so far. I don't know if you can hear the rain and the thunder right now. It's actually kind of cool. But, um, yeah, it's pretty the loud. The Airstream's extremely loud. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a tin roof. Yeah, I mean, so. you're living on it in a giant tin can. So when it rains, you're um, that's one thing we like about the Airstream is it feels like you're more a part of nature. Um, I think the motorhome and fifth wheel, it felt like we were going from where we were traveling or nature and we would step inside of our home. Whereas in the Airstream, it feels like we're still a part of what's outside. Uh, and we like that. If the weather's really bad, it's not as cool. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, um, so that's been good. I think the downsides, of course, are some of the things we talked about with the um, Losing the washer dryer was hard. We really loved having that washer dryer inside of the RV. Oh man, you guys had a washer and dryer. Yes, oh, it was. Yeah. If you ever get it one, it's kind of like getting. A, yeah, it's hard to go back once you have yeah. one. It's almost like having a dishwasher. I haven't seen one of those in years. Yeah, what's that? We were visiting my Alyssa's family last week, and I loaded up the dishwasher, and I guess I did a terrible job because her mom came behind me and just redid all of it, and I just said, "I'm not even going to try it because it's been years." <laughs> Hey, I stayed with a friend in Nashville and she asked me if I wanted to take a bath. I'm like, I'm such a hobo. Like, she's like, you want a bath? Like, you never get that anymore, you know? <laughs> and your friends know it. They... We, we showered when she yeah, says bath. We yeah. do shower, but yeah, we don't have a bath. So. Yeah, like a bathtub. That's so funny. We actually stayed in one of our friends' houses in Nashville. We house it for them our first year on the road and they left for a week because it was around Thanksgiving and they had heated tile floors next to their bathtub. And I came in there, I kid you not, at least twice and Alyssa's curled up in a ball on the floor because it's heated tile. After she gets out of the bathtub, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, it's so nice. I'm like, okay. It had been like snowing outside and so uh, we just been freezing Wait, our butts off yeah all right drew asks do they monetize their channel and if so is it worth the time uh we do monetize our channel um again the first six months i don't think it's even worth your time the first six months so i think if you start it you need to expect it's going to be a long haul you know before you can monetize it now we do also make money through amazon affiliate links too so um that that's a good source of income as well uh is it worth it um I, we definitely love what we do. If you're not going to have passion for your channel and a passion for what you do, I think it's going to be really tough to stick through the negativity on the comments. And I don't know that the income would totally justify the means if you don't love what you're doing. 
Um, that's not to say we don't make money with it, but we do love it. Have you guys set up goals for this year, things that you all are working towards for the vlog and uh, in your work and travels? Um, I think that's one of our biggest ones was what we talked about before, just trying to figure out some sort of other product to point people to. Because I think we're also doing kind of a disservice by not doing that. I think uh, we just kind of, because our channel, you know, with a relational channel, we don't really go deep into some of the topics. And I know people would like maybe the nuts and bolts of some of those things. Um, so I think there's definitely a need there for that kind of thing with a product. Yeah, so y'all are maybe thinking an e-course or something along those lines. S- something, yeah. Yeah, and, we, and we've talked about, not to compete with your podcast, but I mean, we know that even... <laughs> No. Some some of our um some of our videos like our interviews and our Q and A's I mean those could actually be the audio could be ripped out of that totally and then turn it turn into a podcast um, but you know a lot of that takes time that's the struggle is to take the time to do those things we have to take time away from you know it's hard for us to keep five to seven videos um, going and start some of that up so that's kind of what we're trying to do is figure out how to streamline some stuff and be able to launch other things like a podcast or something like that. Yeah, I, I tend to have, I don't know if you have this, Nathan, I have tend to have shiny ball syndrome. And so it's like, we're, we're getting a startup company off the ground, uh, campground booking. And so we're hustling mm-hmm. to be able to improve online reservations at campgrounds and RV parks. And so this is a big focus. And then I'm looking at all these people doing YouTube videos. And I'm saying, oh man, I wish I could spend more time. You know, I really want to crank on do more YouTube stuff. And, and I'm like, oh, I've got a podcast. I've got a blog. We have a conference that we're hosting in two weeks. So it's like all these other things. And so how do you guys... I mean, how do you fight that? How do you fight just focusing on one thing? Because you can see the value that comes from it because of what you guys have mm-hmm. built in the past year. But how do you fight that off or do you not have that same type of, I want to do all these things? Oh, we definitely have the urge to do a lot of things. And we've got a lot of offers, you know, put in front of us that we have to say no to. I think, you know, we tell ourselves over and over by saying, anytime we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And so we've got to decide you know, whether we control what we're saying no to, or if we say yes to something by default, you know, something's going to be taken away. There's the quality of the channel. It's going to be family time. I mean, something. So before we say yes to something, we really, we talk a lot about it and say, you know, is there more value there and what, instead of what we're doing and what are we willing to give up to do that? Um, and I think that that talks us out of a lot of things, I think, uh, but it's still tough. I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. It's really tough to say no to a lot of things. Yeah. I love it. Uh, last question for you guys. What does success look like for you guys in the lifestyle as you're traveling with Hensley, having awesome family adventures, and making an epic YouTube RVing channel? Um, I think success for us, and this is different for everybody else, but it's um, you know being able to take the things. No, first of all, you need to know what you love. You need to know where you want to be. But success is where you can clearly get to those things and do those things without a lot of other things in the way. You know, we love our family time and we love our daughter and we love traveling with our daughter. And so as long as I feel like we can do that, that's success to us. And if, if we say, like we talked about saying yes and no, if we say yes to too many things and we don't get to spend time with our daughter and we aren't close as a family, and if we aren't close as a family, I mean, you know, it'll, you know, I don't feel like it's, regardless of how much money we make, it's not about that to us. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. success for us. Um, it's a lot of those other things. And we've had to walk away from things because we're like, we know we need, you know, the reason we're doing this is because we, we want more family time. We want that time together. We want Mm -hmm. more freedom and flexibility. We want to be able to travel, but sometimes it feels like we're saying yes to so many things that we're not doing the things that we set out to do. So we have to kind of back away from that. And sometimes like you saying, we, we could make more money sometimes, but we're just like, that's not, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to make an impact. We're trying to build a stronger family bond. I love it. 
where's the best place for people to connect with you guys? Uh, just lessjunkmorejourney.com. We should have links to all our social networks there. And um, if you want to sign up for our newsletter, we've got a link to that too on there um, or a box to fill in that. And uh, that being should be able to have a link to any, pretty much anything you need from there. And we'll uh, make sure also to link up to uh, findtherightrv.com. Uh, can you give okay. like a 10 second little pitch for what that is real quick? Uh, basically when we started, oh goodness, 10 seconds, <laughs> I'm already on the clock. Um, <laughs> when we started, we struggled to know, do we need a travel trailer? Do we need a motorhome? Do we need a fifth wheel? And because we've had all three of those, uh, that course is about trying to narrow down which one of those would be best, uh, the best fit for you so that you don't buy the wrong one and realize you should win a different direction as far as what RV, you know, you should have gotten. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's a, th- it's $39. Is that right? For the course. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's hugely valuable because people are going to spend so much time going out, you know, searching for those. And anyway, we could go on and on. But anyway, thank you guys so much (laughs) for being on the podcast. I can hear Hensley up and moving around. (laughs) uh, The rain. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys and hope to see you all on the road at some point. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to our website at heathandalyssa.com and go to podcasts. I want to say that recently I had a couple people reach out to me and ask if I have a Patreon account set up. I do not. If you're not familiar, Patreon is a website where fans and listeners can support creatives, kind of like Kickstarter, uh, but it's more month to month. You can support specific episodes. If you have a vlog, uh, you can uh, sponsor specific videos. You can give $2, $5 a month, whatever you want, and you can help support a podcast like this one. So again, short answer is no, I don't have a Patreon account set up and I hadn't set one up for a few different reasons if you wanted to know. I didn't want to record a podcast, launch a podcast this past year, start recording it for one month or six months and then just start asking people to give me money. I wanted to have you know, a lot of podcasts provided for you guys. Wanted to be pushing a show for a long time. Uh, Two, we've been able to get a few sponsors to cover some of the costs of recording this show, such as time. And now they have an editor, some hard costs. And I wanted to show... The fact that I was able to produce a consistent podcast. Now we're releasing episodes on every Tuesday and it's something that is more professional and it's not sporadic and you guys can depend on the show to be released every Tuesday. So that's another reason uh, I wanted to get to that point where I felt I was producing a show that was very consistent and dependable. But seeing as I hired someone as my editor for each of these episodes, I have accrued um, some hard costs, which is around 50 bucks per episode, which is what it costs uh, for her time. Not to mention the other parts of time that goes into finding interviewers and things like that. Kelsey, my editor, and I are currently looking at approaching various sponsors for this show. Uh, But that process takes time, and it may or may not happen. I don't want to just partner up with any companies to sponsor this podcast. Uh, All this to say, if you're interested in supporting the creation of this podcast on a platform like Patreon, shoot me an email, heath at campgroundbooking.com. I haven't set up a Patreon page yet. But if I hear from at least 10 of you guys who are interested in supporting the show on a month-to-month basis because you're getting value from this content, then I'd be happy to set up a page because that could go towards the cost of producing this podcast, uh, which is just coming out of pocket right now. But that's okay. I enjoy creating the show for you guys, and I want to keep creating more episodes. So no pressure. If this is your first time listening, uh, go back and listen to the other uh, 46 episodes that I've produced. And if you enjoy the show then and you want to support it, I'm happy to hear from you. Um, But if not, that's okay too. Uh, So feel free to reach out if that's something you're interested in. And thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.